It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. Let's start in a courtroom in South Carolina. I sentence you for the term of the rest of your natural life. Disgraced attorney and convicted killer Alec Murdaugh receiving a life sentence today for shooting his wife and son to death. We can't bring him back, but we can bring him justice. Before sentencing, Murdaugh again proclaimed his innocence. I would never hurt my wife Maggie. And I would never hurt my son, Paul Paul. Prosecutors say Murdaugh murdered his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, at their sprawling estate to shift attention away from his legal problems. It doesn't matter how much money you have or people think you have. It doesn't matter what you think, how prominent you are. If you do wrong, if you break the law, if you murder, then justice will be done in South Carolina. It took the jury less than three hours to convict Murdaugh in the closely watched double murder case. Big storm headed our way. Weather watcher Patrick Hammer says things get dicey. After the kids come home from school, could initially be a mixed bag, then going over to some rain. Snow, though, farther to the north tonight before going back over to some rain and then back over to snow. It's kind of all over the place. North of the thruway, you will be shoveling by tomorrow. South of the thruway, you could be scraping. Meteorologist Mike Saika. It's going to be interesting out there. Late today and for tonight and uh, then things start to wind down, especially getting into Saturday afternoon. Niagara, Orleans, and Genesee counties in western New York will see the bulk of the snow up to eight inches by Saturday. Seven feet of snow on the ground in north-central California. Not snowmans, snow mountains out there. This mom in the San Bernardino Mountains says We need help. People are trapped in their homes. They cannot get medicine, heart medicine, insulin. The snowplow simply cannot keep up with all that snow in many mountains communities, 13 California counties are now under states of emergency. A San Francisco supervisor is bringing race into America's fentanyl overdose epidemic. Take a listen. People are going crazy over fentanyl because we're starting to see more white people dying over these drugs. San Francisco resident Tanya Tillman. What he's saying is lunacy. I'm deeply offended by what he's saying. He's making it a race issue. This is a human issue. Tillman's son nearly died from a fentanyl overdose. She says white, black, brown, and yellow people too all are dying from fentanyl. EPA Administrator Michael Regan is advising children to stay out of the water as the cleanup continues in East Palestine, Ohio, from last month's toxic train derailment. For the time being, while the pollution is present, uh, as a father, I would not advise anybody adult or child, play in the creeks and streams. Angry residents sounded off at a town hall meeting last night. Much of their fury directed at Norfolk Southern. This mom lives three blocks from the site of the derailment. Since this has started, we've had the nausea, vomiting, skin rashes to the point it almost looks like sunburn. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says he will order Norfolk Southern to create a compensation fund to help residents recover from this disaster. Texas Senator Ted Cruz thinks former pandemic point man Dr. Anthony Fauci should be in prison for lying to Congress about COVID-19. He elevated politics above science and medicine. There has been no person who has done more to destroy trust in the science 
scientific and medical community than Dr. Anthony Fauci. True. Speaking at CPAC, Fauci, who retired last year, is skeptical of the lab leak theory in explaining how the world caught COVID. President Biden is ditching his Democratic colleagues on a crime-fighting bill for the District of Columbia. Chad Pergram reports from Washington, D.C. Even liberal Democrats in the nation's capital have gone too far for President Biden. The president broke with the left wing of his party. He's standing by a GOP bill to block the D.C. City Council from changes in the city's crime code. Republican Byron Donald says to members of Congress opposed to this, too bad. They could be upset when you got private security walking around with you all the time. But if you're one of these kids who comes up here and works, trying to do their best, regardless of their politics, they have a right to be safe too. You can't have this stuff happen in any city in America, let alone the nation's capital. The measure that the District of Columbia was about to enact would have lowered the penalty for things like carjackings and armed robbery. Another state taking action against drag queen story hours geared for children. Proponents call it child abuse. Drag shows in Tennessee are banned from taking place in public or in front of children after the signing of a bill into law by Tennessee Republican Governor Bill Lee. It also threatens performers with a misdemeanor charge or a felony if it's a repeat offense. Other states are considering similar bills. Reporter Jennifer Kuyper, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to ban transition operations for anyone under 18. She says gender-affirming care is a lie. The victims of this industry are kids. And these are kids who are confused about who they are. And they're confused about who they are because of what they're seeing on the internet, what they're seeing on social media. It's a new disturbing ideology that tells the most incredible lie that children can actually change their gender. An Arizona school board member says Christians are dangerous and their values should be rejected. Tamilia Valenzuela taking issue with her school, partnering with a local Christian college to find future teachers. At a recent school board meeting, she read from the mission statement at that school, Arizona Christian University. Part of their values is influence, engage, and transform the culture with true by promoting biblically informed values at some point we need to get real with ourselves and take a look at who we're making legal contracts with and the message that that is sending to our community because that makes me feel like I could not be safe in this school district. The board agreed and decided to end that partnership with the Christian University, even at a time when schools are reeling from a teacher shortage problem. New research shows earning a college degree greatly influences your earning potential. Finishing college puts workers on track to earn $2.8 million over their lifetimes, compared with just $1.6 million if they only had a high school diploma. This is according to research out of Georgetown University. Most Americans still agree that a college education is worthwhile when it comes to career goals and advancement. However, only half think the economic benefits outweigh the cost, and young adults are particularly skeptical. The rising cost of college and ballooning student loan debt have played a large role in changing views about the higher education system. Aaron Rayall reporting the SpaceX crew of four arrived today at the International Space Station. Trouble with a capsule docking hook slowed things down. They had to wait 65 
25 feet away while ground control came up with a fix. Those four will spend the next six months in orbit around the Earth. Still to come on the Noon Report, a Friday edition, bail denied for bombing suspect, remembering Jason Arno and why it's good to get unplugged. Good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams tracking a messy storm system promising snow, ice, and rain in our area as we head through tonight and tomorrow. Forecast details are coming up. We'll see you in 10 minutes. All right, see you then. Thank you, Kevin. News where you live next will begin at Duyuville University in Buffalo, New York. It has been without Wi-Fi for several weeks now, and it's starting to impact the education of students. The technical glitch has led to frustration on campus. The month-long outage causing problems with assignments, tuition payments, and even registration there at Duyuville University. Buffalo will be lighting its buildings in red this weekend to honor fallen firefighter Jason Arno. The 37-year-old father and husband was killed while battling a four-alarm blaze on Wednesday. He was a well-liked firefighter, and I can just see his face, and it's just that smile. Vince Ventresca heads the Buffalo Firefighters Union. There was no question about his bravery. He was willing to sacrifice. No one's going to forget. No one's going to forget firefighter Jason Arno. Arno became trapped in a costume shop that caught fire in Buffalo's theater district. He was just married last summer. Funeral arrangements still pending. Bail denied for a 40-year-old Carbon County, Pennsylvania man accused of packing explosives into his luggage at the Lehigh Valley Airport. Mark Muffley, a construction worker, appeared before a judge yesterday. His lawyer says Muffley was going to use those explosives to set off fireworks on a beach in Florida. New York Congressman George Santos is facing an ethics probe in the U.S. House for reportedly lying about his checkered past. Here's reporter Naglia or Natalie Migliori. The subcommittee formed will decide if Santos broke any laws during his 2022 campaign to win over Queens and Long Island voters. They'll also try to figure out if he engaged in sexual misconduct with a prospective employee of his congressional office. But the Republican has previously admitted to lying about his background. Santos was part of a freshman class of GOP lawmakers from downstate New York that helped retire Nancy Pelosi as House Speaker. Police investigating a body that was found in the back seat of an SUV at a Hertz rental car lot near the Rochester International Airport. Officials not sure how long that person had passed away, but they do think that the death is suspicious. New York will soon be home to more marijuana stores. The Cannabis Control Board doubling the number of pot dispensaries that it will allow to operate in the Empire State. There's still many qualified individuals who can make the most of this opportunity. Cannabis Control Board Executive Director Chris Alexander. So in recognition of this strong pool of applicants, we're excited now so we're expanding the card program to 300 licensees. Because of a lawsuit though, pot shops still illegal in the Finger Lakes region, Central New York, Western New York, Brooklyn, and the Mid-Hudson Valley. Critics contend the commercialization of marijuana will lead to an increase in crime and increase the risk for drugged driving. Pennsylvania politicians are questioning electricity reliability after a winter storm around Christmas time left over 100,000 without power in the Commonwealth. Experts warn the push toward green energy could overwhelm the electric grid and cause massive power outages. The chairman of the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission says the state has not updated its energy policy in many years. If you're addicted to your phone, today is for you. 
Family Life's Brian Query. Are you constantly Snapchatting every move? Do you pass the hours with your face buried in your phone, documenting every move through social media, missing out on meaningful connections in the real world? If you notice yourself doing this, then today is for you. It's the National Day of Unplugging. It's a 24-hour period running from sundown March 3rd to sundown March 4th to put away your phones and tablets. A Pew Research study found out what we already knew. Four in five Americans admit to using their phones multiple hours a day. So between today and tomorrow, take some time to carve out precious time to unplug, relax, reflect, be active, visit the outdoors, and connect with loved ones. Sounds like something all of us could dial into. Mm. Brian Query, Family Life News. Great stuff. Thank you, Brian. Time to dial into sports next right here on the family life noon report good afternoon i'm randy snavely bob it was not a good night for the buffalo sabers in boston the sabers got blown out by the bruins seven to one for boston it's their 48th win on the season and they have become the fastest team in nhl history to 100 points In the Big Apple, the Rangers could not hold on to a 3-2 lead heading into the third period. Ottawa scored three times, and the Senators walked away with a 5-3 win against the Blue Shirts. The Penguins couldn't hold on to their 4-3 lead as the Lightning scored late in the third, and that sent the game into overtime. But Pittsburgh's Jason Zucker said, no, 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 we're not letting this one slip away. He buried the game winner halfway through the extra period, and that gave the Pens a 5-4 victory. Elsewhere on the ice, the Kraken won an overtime 5-4 over Detroit. Nashville edge Florida 2-1. The Stars beat the Blackhawks 5-2. A couple of other 2-1 contests saw Toronto beat Calgary and Minnesota come out on top of Vancouver. The Canadiens fell to Los Angeles 3-2, and St. Louis doubled up San Jose 6-3. On the hardwood, the Dallas Mavericks did something they had never done before in their history. Two players scored 40 or more points in their game. Luka Doncic had 42, dished out 12 assists. And newcomer to the Mavs, Kyrie Irving, scored 40 points. The Mavs beat the Sixers 133-126. Joel Embiid led Philly with 35. Wizards down Toronto 119-108. The Pacers fell to the Spurs 110-99. And Golden State knocked off the Clippers 115-91. That is a look at sports. All right, Randy, have a great week, and thank you. Kevin Williams tracking another storm. We'll get you his forecast in four minutes. Also on deck today, the Capital Connection crew ready to sound off on all that's happening in Albany and Harrisburg. And at the end of the broadcast, a bizarre public service announcement about bears. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going on a bear hunt. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. At the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Lent is set aside in the church calendar to help believers prepare through 40 days of prayer and fasting to remember Holy Week and to celebrate Easter. The season of anticipation begins with the Ash Wednesday proclamation, Remember, you are dust, and to dust you will return. In a world desperate to avoid all reminders of mortality, nothing could sound stranger. And even for Christians, in fact, these words can often seem out of place. After all, aren't Christians defined by resurrection? Why should a people who follow a risen Christ dwell on mortality and death? 
Well, there's at least two reasons. First, Christians can easily forget, in this late modern age, that we're creatures and not gods, and that we will die. Each of these facts are sober reminders of how we should approach life. Second, though the death and resurrection of Christ is the central defining event in all human history, Easter can, in the business of modern life, kind of sneak up on us, Lent's a way to prepare and to remember. Like the sacred songs of the Advent season, Lenten hymns are wonderful tools for theological instruction and worship. For example, in an era when much of the church was committed to singing only the metrical Psalter, Sir Isaac Watts believed that, quote, the Psalms ought to be translated in such a manner as we have reason to believe David would have composed them if he lived in our day, end quote. Just as his hymn, Joy to the World, has long been a staple of Christmas Day services, two hymns by Watts are still widely used during Lenten services. For example, Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed encourages a response to both the fact that Christ died and to why Christ died. Watts also aims our attention directly at the cross and what might be his best-known hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. When I survey the wondrous cross On which the Prince of Glory died My Those are just two of the hymns that Watts contributed to the church through his hymn writing, and he has done us a great service by focusing our attention on the cross of Jesus Christ. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Casey Leander. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to colsoncenter.org. Love those old hymns of the faith. Thank you, John. You know we love? We love weather. And Kevin Williams next. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Snow, sleep, rain spreading across western Pennsylvania, southwest New York. High temperatures in the 30s and low 40s. And that mix continues tonight into tomorrow. The heaviest snow accumulations will be in areas close to Lake Ontario and well north of Syracuse, more than six inches. The least amount of snow will fall across western Pennsylvania an inch or less. Temperatures today and tonight mainly in the 30s. Sunday, variably cloudy with late flurries and high temperatures in the 30s and lower 40s. All right, Kevin, thank you. It is Friday, folks, the 3rd of March, and this is the Noon Report on Family Life.
and welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Well, gentlemen, start your engines. We've got a lot of places to go in just 10 minutes to do it. Jason, I'll begin with you in that $227 billion state budget. It is due in less than a month. What, if anything, is holding it up? Well, you know, listeners will be interested to know that just this week, uh, Governor Hochul has appointed a new budget commissioner. Uh, this is a person who has served in that role under Governor David Patterson. Governor Andrew Cuomo took a leave, uh, has been gone for a number of years, and now is back. And it was interesting that in the last week of February, we now have a budget director, and maybe things will begin to move uh, towards getting uh, that 227, and I predict it will grow, mm-hmm. billion-dollar budget. Well, history made in the Pennsylvania House this week, Michael, for the first time ever. And, and it's going back a ways, 250 years or so. Uh, there is a female Speaker of the House, Philadelphia Democrat Joanne McClinton. Your thoughts on her speakership? It certainly is historic. I mean, you, you talked about going back uh, quite a number of years. Ben Franklin was a Speaker of the House here in Pennsylvania, and that's a name people recognize. Joanna McClinton may not be a name that many recognize, but uh, she's making history as the first African-American woman to take the speakership here. But when you look at her politics, she's as progressive as they come, very vocal abortion supporter, very vocal on the LGBT issues and the transgender agenda. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to Albany, Jason. Governor Hochul's war on natural gas is real, and she is doubling down. It's alarming to many. Walk us through a little bit what her thoughts are here as far as this electrification effort in the Empire State and uh, just how real her fossil fuel free agenda is. Yeah, so the governor is committed to this you know, clean energy agenda, meaning we'll be shifting uh, largely to solar and the wind, uh, electric forms, things like that, and moving away from things like natural gas and fossil fuels. We're going to see that in practical ways in furnaces. Uh, new builds after 2030 will not have natural gas furnaces installed. Gas stoves will become more and more difficult to get, and you will not have new hookups for gas in many of these homes in just a few years, let alone the cars that we're being moved to purchase that will be electric, no more gasoline cars after 2035. The cost of these things will be astronomical, Hmm. and I think there will be a backlash here in the Empire State. All right, big news in Harrisburg next week, Michael. A lot of folks going to be watching Governor Shapiro for the first time. This is his big coming out speech, his budget address to the General Assembly. What do you expect he will say, and uh, what do you think his spending priorities will be? Well, the priority will be spending. <laughs> that's what uh, that's Good what the, that's what they like to do. But what the news is talking about is expanding what they call the Keystone Communities Program, and that's spreading government wealth, especially in rural communities where there are disadvantaged communities, with government grants to nonprofits. They end up being very popular, at least with politicians, because it gives both Republicans and Democrats the ability to spread money around their district. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that oftentimes that money is not well spent, and it just raises the tax burden on the taxpayers. All right, look for that speech on 
Tuesday. There's a great debate, Jason. Some are calling this the biggest ruling since the Roe reversal. Judge in Texas is going to make a decision on abortifacients, certain abortion drug that uh, pro-lifers say is dangerous to women. Uh, New York Assemblywoman Amy Paulin is pushing uh, to expand these abortifacients. How dangerous are these do-it-yourself abortions? Yeah, you mentioned Assemblywoman Amy Paulin there. She's a Democrat from Scarsdale and is also the new Assembly Health Chair. Uh, she is very aggressive and she's looking to move these kinds of proposals as she is fully supportive of abortion in all its forms. This is a dangerous proposal. You will see these abortion pills and chemical abortion type things moving because you can send things through the mail and move them into states that will be more pro-life where perhaps surgical procedures will not be as easy to obtain. But think about just even the trauma of the moment that you are literally giving a pill to oftentimes a young woman, maybe a teenager, sending her home to take her own abortifacient yeah. and then to pass that child. Yeah. Uh, that can be a very traumatic experience, let alone the medical complications that can come along with this. It is something that should be concerning not only to the pro-life community, but those of us concerned with women's health across the country. Yeah, I know, Michael, you're fighting that fight in Pennsylvania as well, but I want to switch gears a little bit, no pun intended. Uh, you're involved in this case, this uh, Christian postal worker out of Lancaster County by the name of Gerald Groff. The U.S. Supreme Court is going to take his case. Why should people be paying attention to this case? Well, our Independence Law Center initiated this case. What's key about this is providing accommodations for workers and their religious liberty in work situations. Mr. Groff came off the mission field and then took a job with the post office, partly because he did not want to work Sundays. He believed that that violated his religious convictions. The post office granted that, but later reneged on their accommodation for him, and he en ended up losing that job. Hmm. So this is really to create the opportunity for people who have religious convictions in work settings, whether it be a doctor who does not want to perform abortions or do transgender surgery or other things, when your religious convictions conflict with what your employer is telling you to do or requiring you to do, this is to give some leeway for those accommodations. Well, the Democrats on Long Island, Jason, called it an extinction-level event. Uh, they're talking about Governor Hochul's housing compact. This would allow the state to come in basically a state-sponsored land grab. They're worried that this could cost them their seats. Why are they so on edge over this? Well, you know, regarding Governor Hochul's housing proposal, uh, she is trying to force Hochul control instead of local control in, in those places. Governor Hochul would take the ability to override local control of planning priorities in various jurisdictions around the state. Democrats are concerned in Long Island because that electorate will take out their punishment on the incumbents, and that would be the Democrats in many of those seats. Yeah. It's hard to picture, though, that we really do have a housing crisis when New York has lost 350 thousand people. Hmm. Um, I just don't see this as the crisis the governor is saying. I think rather there are economic drivers that are causing increased housing costs, not that you can't find property in New York. Yeah. Michael, Ben Shapiro, a name a lot of people know, he thinks the Democrats are hiding something when it comes to the health of Senator John Fetterman. He could be hospitalized for several more days, if not weeks. Do you think he is going to be able to serve out his six-year term? And why do Democrats prefer 
keeping him there in the Senate over Governor Shapiro appointing a replacement. Well, many of us had questions about whether John Fetterman was capable of serving a term before he was elected. And now what has happened since then and being hospitalized for this uh, significant depression certainly raises questions as to whether he can continue as a United States senator. Now, the reason why Democrats want him to hold on to that seat and to stay in for the full six-year term, even if he's incapable of actually doing it physically, is because if, if he steps down and Governor Shapiro gets to name a, uh, a replacement, that replacement is just temporary. The next general election would be the time when there would be a full-on election for who the next senator would be, and that could be a seat taken by Republicans, which would then potentially switch the balance of power in Washington. All right, guys, there was a startling story out this week on the U.S. marriage rate in this country. It has dropped 60% in the past 50 years. What can government do? What can lawmakers do to encourage marriage again in this country? You know, I think that the first thing we have to realize is expectations have changed. I think we have to get back to a culture that has an expectation for marriage. What can government do? There's simple things like eliminating marriage penalty taxes. Um, it can stop attacking the traditional family unit at every front. And we see that even the use of things like gender neutral language or removing terms like mothers and fathers. I mean, just at every front, government seems to be at war with the traditional family rather than encouraging this divinely created institution that our society needs. And then we'll get the final word, Michael. What was your reaction to this story on the U.S. marriage rate dropping 60% since the year 1970? Well, a lot of the reason for that is uh, decreasing religious observance in this country. And uh, as government has sort of become hostile towards religion and things, that also a chip away at marriage. So there are a number of things that government can do to try and restore the value of marriage in this country. All right, that'll have to be the last word this week. Great show, guys. Been a lot of places. If you have questions about any of the topics discussed on today's program, uh, both of our guests would love to hear from you. Um, Jason, how can folks get in touch with you at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms? AlbanyUpdate.com. And in Pennsylvania, uh, they can contact you as well, Michael. How so? PAFamily.org. All right, guys, great show this week. Thank you, Capital Connection. The name of the program comes your way every Friday during the Noon Report or online at FamilyLife.org. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A winter storm that has whacked the western states is coming east and in so doing promising a real messy mix of snow, ice, and rain as we head through tonight into tomorrow. Travelers will find mixed poor traveling conditions and should be prepared uh, to use extra caution and extra time to safely reach your destinations tonight and tomorrow. For this afternoon, dry for most, but snow, sleet, rain spreading across western Pennsylvania, southwest New York. High temperatures in the 30s and low 40s. And that mix continues tonight into tomorrow. The heaviest snow accumulations tonight through tomorrow will be in areas close to Lake Ontario and well north of Syracuse, more than six inches. The least amount of snow will fall across western Pennsylvania an inch or less. Temperatures today and tonight mainly in the 30s. Sunday, variably cloudy with lake flurries and high temperatures in the 30s and lower 40s. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Headed out tonight. Be careful, folks. Finally at noon, if you go out for a hike with your friend in the woods, the National Park Service has a warning for your friend in the woods. Here's Bree Tennis. A real warning from the National Park Service. If you encounter a bear, never push a slower friend down. NPS says feeding another human to a bear is not the answer. They say assess the situation, pick up all food 
food and small children and try to keep movement slow and sideways. If that doesn't work, they say be as tall as possible and make a whole lot of noise. But do know bears can run as fast as a racehorse uphill and down so don't run. Yeah, don't run. Just scream. A lot of screaming encouraged when you encounter a bear. Thank you very much, Bray. Now we know. And that's the world we live in. Friday, the 3rd of March. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.